morning. Good. Good afternoon. We're back. We're back. Yay. Is it already the afternoon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just what saying whatever. Is it? I know. I know. Um, welcome back. It's been a little bit. Yeah, we took bit. we took a week off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, a, and I couldn't wait to get back here. I know. Yeah. Let's keep going. It's really good. So we today is very special day. This is a good day. <laughs> We are we are going to reveal our identities today, right? Okay. We are going to reveal who we are. I am Ada, and my co-host here is I can't remember what was my Esther. Name? Esther, you that was remember. it. Thank you for remembering. <laughs> Just kidding. I am okay. Esther. I seriously had forgotten, but you that's had? it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. So these are our super secret temple names. Super secret. That. Okay, if I tell me if They're I'm special. wrong about this, but what my understanding was was that when you got your new name in the temple, that that was like your real name that God knew you by. Right. Yes, right? it's very special. Yes. And that's yes. the name that we would go by in heaven. Right. Yes, that. Okay. I believe that too. Yes. Okay. In so fact, th- I think they covered that in my temple prep class. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's something they talked about. Yeah, it was so long ago. I don't remember exactly, but that's for sure. Like, my understanding of it, right? Mm -hmm. So, I remember... So, we're going to talk about temples today and our experiences with the temple, in case you, yeah, don't know what's going on. But, um, yeah, we were instructed in the temple that this was our new name that we were... That was supposed to be kept sacred. Right. And we were never to reveal it, right? Except to our husbands in... In the celestial room or something. In the the veil, right? At the veil, yes. Yes. Yeah. There was a a certain place in time you could say it. Exactly. I think the words are something like, you're never to reveal it except for a place shown you in the temple or something like that. Right. Place inside the temple. Specific place inside the temple. Well, and I thought it was like inspired. I thought- I know. I thought I was getting a blessing and this name was inspired. I I didn't realize that everyone that came in on a Wednesday- was given the same name or everyone who came in on a Thursday was given the same name. Like I didn't know that until like a few years ago. Yeah, me too. There's just a list. You can look it up online. Uh-huh. Temple names mm-hmm. for the day of so the week. So it depends on the month and the day. Right. Right. So, and they just kind of rotate through these names and they really have not changed very no. much in 200 years mm-hmm. or I guess maybe it hasn't. No, it's been about, no, a hundred years. Know. Yeah. Anyways. That sounds about right. Let's not do math, okay? Um, They really haven't changed very much. Some of them, you know, but anyways. Yeah, so my first time going through the temple was March of 1997. And I was going through for, to go, before going on my mission. mission. Yeah. So I went and took my endowments out maybe like a week before my mission. So I do not remember temple prep. If, If I had a temple prep class... It definitely did not prepare me. It would not matter if you did or did not. Because it doesn't go, it doesn't prepare you for what actually happens in the temple. Yeah. At it all. Doesn't it just tell doesn't. you anything. No, it doesn't. I yeah. couldn't even tell you what it was about, but it definitely wasn't about taking out your endowments, yeah. the ceilings. Yeah. It and like what any you would that. be covenanting to? Right. The promises you make, what you wear. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's not yeah. prep at all. Yeah. So I remember, tell me if this is something you remember, but this is such a vivid um, memory for me and probably the very first thing I noticed when I went into the temple, and that is the freaking cash register. I don't remember that. You don't remember that? I know that that there was ones because you could rent temple clothes. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know why, but, but I, I was just my like, own. this is weird. Yeah. This is wrong. There's a cash register in the temple? So that really registered with you. Yeah. Yes, and the like, register, register. Registered. <laughs> They're taking people's money? That's so weird. In the temple? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking of the, the money changers in the temple. Right. Like, I'm thinking. It's in That was literally. And then I, I immediately had all this cognitive dissonance. Right. Like, Shut it down. Wait a sec. This is not what I thought the temp- mm-hmm. they were supposed to do in the temple. Yeah. So that's Hard one to- of my earliest thoughts yeah, on they, going yeah, into Yeah, the they temple. did. They charged you for if you rented the temple clothes. Mm-hmm. And my mom always said, well, that's just to cover the cost of cleaning them. Uh-huh. Like uh-huh. the church needs that uh-huh. covered because yeah. they don't have any money. Yeah. And at that time, <laughs> we thought the church was just a, a nonprofit. Right. Help A helper. Yeah. Like they were helping. Yes. Yes, and, Not, they, and they didn't have billions of dollars. No, they weren't a big corporation business. Oh, but it did feel wrong. It felt wrong, and to to like hear the little clingling on mm-hmm. the on the cash register, it just mm-hmm. people pulling out their money and paying. And I think I did have to rent my stuff maybe the first few times. Did you? I, I can't remember for sure. I just remember that freaking cash register going. Are you curious? Are you serious? Well I, well, I was. You know, I I was married. I was five months pregnant. When we went through to be sealed, and that was a huge deal. Like we had to have, we had to be sealed before we had this baby. Before you have the baby, okay. And I was sick as a dog, Mm. and they put me in the bride's room because I'm getting sealed, even though I'm already married. Mm. And I spent most of the time throwing up in (gasps) the bathroom. And then there were these brides in their beautiful dresses, and I just had my temple dress on. No, sick as a dog. Yeah, and yeah, that was. I mean, that wasn't. That was being sealed. So I did have the endowment before. Okay, that's what I was just going to say. So did you go through maybe a day or two ahead of the sealing? Yes. Okay, and you did, I'm assuming you did like your initiatory and endowment yes. together on together that together on and the And then day. you went back just for your sealing. Right. Okay. Which was pretty, that's pretty typical if yeah. you were, yeah, when I you were getting so. married, if that was your first time through. Yeah, or, I don't think very many people do it all in one day, right? That would no, just be way it's too, too much. much. Okay. But I just remember... Being having out of body feeling, I thought this is so weird. Yeah, going through the watching the movie, and I remember looking around and seeing family and friends sitting here doing this, and I thought, well, okay, this must be okay. Eventually, it will click. Mm-hmm. But this seems really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And when we're dressing up and veiling our faces and wearing a green apron. I remember putting the garments on for the very first time. I didn't know, do I wear a bra now? Like, honestly, I had no idea. And the lady, yeah. the temple worker who was assigned to me said, don't forget to put your bra on top of your garments. Yeah, because your garment's supposed to be the closest thing closest to your skin. There shouldn't be anything. Yes, yeah. and then the temple matron who's over, I don't know, whatever. She sat down with all of the first time goer through mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. and told us goer that. through? <laughs> <laughs> that's official temple slang. <laughs> She sat down with all the women in a room that were going through for the first time and talked to us about the sacredness of the garment. Yep, I remember that And that, that you too. should wear it at all times. Mm-hmm. and Never leave it on the floor. Never leave it on the floor. Mm-hmm. You you put it, you know, she didn't say specifically wear it during sex, but it was oh. so explicit. Like she was like, you explicitly, you wear this all the time. These should never be off your body. And so I, I was really yeah. confused with, yeah. And I took it seriously. Uh, I took it very seriously. So, see, I don't remember 
feeling or yeah, I don't remember that specifically. I don't remember having that thought that like, oh, I can't even take it off for sex. I don't, but I questioned in my mind, <clears throat> I questioned that like, I, I, I didn't know. And yeah. of course I had already, yeah. well, yes. So yeah, of course I did, but then year. I immediately would put them back on. Oh yes. Yes. So, and do you remember being really careful not to let them fall on the floor? Absolutely. So like when you took them off, you'd put them on the bed the or bed whatever. Or a counter or the bathroom counter <laughs> uh-huh. or something. Yes. Like, don't let them and fall And caring the floor. for garments was a whole nother, you know, oh, yeah. trying to care for these garments mm-hmm. and keep them white and clean was like a, a whole nother a whole like thing. there's a whole you could f- go down the rabbit hole of all the ways to clean these things yeah, do you remember using like the I, it, like some kind of a dye thing to like make them extra white no. and stuff oh yeah no but, but i like, did all like kinds of products a concoction in the tub oh, where yeah. you put them in the tub yep. with a certain amount of dawn dish soap <laughs> and, and bleach. bleach and detergent and you let them s- anyways yeah Isn't it was ridiculous so it was ridiculous Yes, yes. I I totally remember all that. So I had, before I went through for my endowment, my boyfriend that I was dating that went on a mission. Right. He had gone through, of course. And he, he didn't tell me too much, but he did tell me that there was a period of time where you're like basically naked with just like a poncho over you. Wow. So he did tell me that. That you knew ahead of time. I knew that ahead of I time. I have no idea about that. <laughs> That was yeah, I don't know if that helped that I knew I that ahead think- of time or if it just gave me more fear. But I was like, okay, that's weird. So, but I didn't have, and I've heard some people say that that initiatory experience was really creepy to them and that they felt like they were kind of being violated. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel that. Did you? No, I didn't love it. No, it's not of course something not. I wanted to go into. But I didn't feel necessarily, I don't know. I just. It's awkward. It is very awkward. Under there, but. And the first time, you don't know where they're going to touch touch you. you. Yeah. But I think my first time with initiatories, they barely touched me at all. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember. But I didn't like being naked under this very. Oh, it's like see-through sheets. Yeah, and it's very, like, you know, big. It's huge on you, so. (laughs) Like drapes down yes. to the floor, and and I remember thinking it's very strange to have women putting their hands on my head, right? And blessing, yes. giving the blessing that was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely stuck out because stuck out to me that always felt to me like um, fake priesthood. Or right, something. you're violating uh, the priesthood. Yeah, because the priesthood is only for men. Fake so priesthood, I like that. Yeah, well, it does. Yeah, I thought that was really weird because I have a memory of back in high school seeing going like on a church history tour and. We went to the RLDS's temple in, like, Missouri. Right. And they had, like, murals on the wall that showed, like, women giving blessings. And I remember being like, oh, that's blasphemy. Right. Yes. Well, that's that idea came from the temple, like... They were just following what Joseph Smith had taught right. from from the beginning. But so. you would never. Uh, nobody I mean, ever. No one talks about, about it. About it. No, no one. No. So, um, you know, if anybody's listening that's never been through the temple, they're going to get quite a, an education yes. today. <laughs> yeah, well, the women give you blessings, yeah. and they have the they're able to exercise the priesthood right, right. in the temple. So yeah. that was that was another surprise. And that's thing. the that's the initiatory part yes. of it. Yeah. 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 And you know, they've totally changed that. I mean, I haven't I've been heard. to Temple in so long. But um yeah, they no longer <laughs> they no longer anoint you anywhere on your body, only on your head. 
I they think because I think because it's gotten out. Yeah, and people and, think it's weird. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and you also wear your garments under the poncho thing, which oh. is weird. Why are you wearing the poncho to begin right. with? Yeah, if you have the garments on, and if they're not anointing you anywhere. Yeah, what's the point now? Yeah. I don't know. So maybe it's not the same type of poncho. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. we. But it's been a, it's been a while. It's, been, it's I mean, been a few years. The last time I went, mm-hmm. I was totally. Not believing? I was. Well, I was in that process, right? Okay. And it was to a ceiling. Yes. It was to a ceiling. And I remember being so uncomfortable sitting in the mm. temple because I just was like, this is icky. I just don't. This doesn't make any sense to me. I, and, so, and that was the last time that I mm. ever went. In fact, my temple recommend just expired a few months ago. What? Because I had to have it renewed to go to that ceiling. Oh, my god! And I did. And you know what? I lied. Yeah. <laughs> I lied to get the temple recommend because I didn't want my family to not see me at that ceiling because what would they think? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing. I'm sure I'm the first one to do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You are definitely. I haven't been paying tithing. I had no testimony at Joseph Smith at that time. Um, There were there were some things I was still holding on to, but it was crumbling quickly. Quickly. So yeah, so interesting. So I remember the last time I went to the temple was also for a ceiling, and um, leading up to it, my sister was getting sealed to her her new husband, which was Mm -hmm. a second husband, and she had kid new kids with him right so they were sealing anyways the kids to them as well and uh beforehand i remember saying to her i my temple recommend is expiring it's going to expire before you're sealing i'm not sure that i can go to the temple i'm not in a good place right now which is really weird because this was clear back in 2018 yes i think it was 2018 or 2017 maybe Anyways. Oh, wow. But that far, and I know, and I forget that I was, but see, I think the temple was the very first thing to go for me. Right. It was the very first thing that I was like, the temple makes no sense to me. I hate it. I don't, I don't agree with the worthiness questions. That was, that was like some of my very first shelf items that I was like, I don't agree with having this man and multiple men, because you go see your bishop and then the state presidency. Mm -hmm. Tell me whether I'm worthy enough to go in the temple. Right. If I say I can go, then I should be able to go. Absolutely. And so, like, when you say you lied, it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you can do that. You get to do that. Because it's nobody else's freaking business whether you're worthy to go. That was the first thing that, like, really pissed me off. But also, if you didn't have a temple recommend, if you weren't worthy to have a temple recommend, quotation marks, Mm -hmm then there was like that something that was wrong. a huge red flag right and oh, your, yeah. your family knew it and it was very shameful mm-hmm. to because now you're not worthy mm-hmm. so i spent a lot of time hanging on to trying to be worthy yeah which i already was but i thought you but but i didn't know yeah it's 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 so complex yeah yeah, and the whole, the the worthiness interviews and stuff, they really have this way of, like, putting you in your place. Absolutely. Right? You're never You're never going to be good enough. enough. Mm-hmm. Never. And it's almost like, please let me go into the temple. Right. I'll be good enough, mm-hmm. you know. It's just this really Or you're bizarre... just, I'm going to try harder. I'm yeah, and try I, harder. And I know that's not actually how it is. I, you know, I can just hear, like, people saying, that's not how it is. But in hindsight... That's what it feels like we were doing, like begging somebody else to tell us we're worthy enough. Well, and can I tell you, when we were first married, getting ready to go through the temple, 
our bishop told us we needed to pay a certain amount to get our temple recommends. Oh my I couldn't gosh. remember what it was, but he said, okay, you're going to have to pay this much to catch up for what you haven't paid. And what? I feel like it was, it was significant and it really bothered my husband uh-huh. that we're paying to get into the temple. I'm like, no, no, no. This is just about yeah. obedience, blah, blah, blah. But really we were, we were, and that's any church member who has a temple recommend, honestly, <laughs> has bought their way in there because you have to answer the question, how do you, are you a full Type payer. payer. Yep. So you are. You are buying so, so your way if, in. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is it's so sneaky that yes. like when you're in the church, you don't recognize it, but you are buying your salvation. Mm-hmm. When it comes right down to it, you are buying your way into heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you the price. It's just 10%. <laughs> yeah. Of your income for your the income rest for of your life. Yep. Yeah, and like if you said that to like what if you said that to your mom? Did you know that you're buying your salvation, you're buying your way into heaven? Oh, how do you, how, how do you think I learned how do you think I learned to tell my husband what it's a yeah. it's not about the money, it's yeah. about obedience. <laughs> it's like the thing with coffee, I didn't understand. Yes. Oh, it's not about coffee, it's about being obedient. Just that being was obedient. the line I was yeah. fed mm-hmm. growing up. And I always remember defending um, tithing as like, you know, everything we have is given to us by God. Right. And this he is only least, asks for a little bit back. This is the least you can do. Yeah. The guilt. <laughs> and do you ever remember saying, I can't afford not to pay tithing? Right. Oh, I said yes. that. I said that before. Well, I've heard that yeah. in talks. And... <laughs> I can't afford not to. Because I felt like, well, we're being blessed so much. Right. So, of course, we're going to give back. I actually, when I stopped paying tithing, because my husband and I worked different jobs. He paid, he was paying on his. I was mm-hmm. paying on mine. I kind of was like holding my breath that something's going to happen. <gasps> yeah. Something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Because I almost always paid my tithing. Mm-hmm. So, and nothing happened. You're like, the roof's going to cave in. Everything was fine. In fact. I'm going to get fired from my job. In fact, I got, I got a increase in my pay my husband got a promotion Uh like Uh things got better so i was very confused (laughs) yeah on that i've had the exact same experience Mm -hmm. so that the whole buying your way into salvation just uh it's not about obedience you don't have to buy your worthiness but the worthiness thing when you think of the temple yeah it comes down to are you worthy enough to go are you good enough are you good enough i never felt like i was i bet you most people feel like okay i uh, I'm I'm okay to get in there now, but I gotta try harder. I gotta keep trying. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I gotta keep working on this. Yeah, for sure. But nothing in the temple helps. Like what we're doing in the temple is work for the dead. Yeah. So yes. Oh my. Gosh. So how is that helping mm-hmm. me to go and sit and watch a movie? Yeah. For an hour and a half, and recite things at a fake veil. Yeah. With a fake god. Somebody pretending to be God. Someone pretending to be God, and I'm supposed to say certain words, and I have to give certain handshakes, and there's a woman standing by me that if I forget what I'm supposed to say, she's going to tell me. She's going to whisper what? in your ear. What the hell is that? So why do I even have to? <laughs> I always feel the pressure. I have to memorize this. I have to memorize all this. Yeah. But then You're there's like, always someone there to tell me what to do, or to tell mm-hmm. me if I forgot, or what. and I'm like, what is the point then? I don't understand. What yeah. is the point of this? Yeah. Yeah, I remember after my first time being like, so that's it? That's what this whole thing is about? It was an entire movie about 
Adam and Eve? Like, this is such basic, weird, like, what? Well, and the whole... It's all about Adam and Eve? Satan coming on the screen and looking right at the audience. And threatens you that if you do not live up to everything you've covenanted in the temple today... I will have power over you. That's right. Bad things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... It's it's threatening. Yes. It's scary. And when people say they go to the temple to find peace Peace. and inspiration, I never could... I never could find that there. I always loved the celestial room after because I was done. (laughs) Yeah. Because we had made it through. Yeah. But the... Oh, can we talk about the prayer circle? (gasps) Oh, my gosh. That's the most culty, scary part of the whole thing. Right? When they invite... People to come up to the prayer circle mm-hmm. and you stand around an altar mm-hmm. and the women, when I was going through, veil their, their faces. faces. Yep. We put our left hand on right shoulder or something. Yep. On the person next person to Person next to you. And, and then, then you're then, like holding in patriarchal grip. That's right. Somebody. Yes. <laughs> the person it's on so, either side of you, I think. And then there's this. And it's a stranger prayer. usually. Yes. Yeah. And then there's this. A prayer, and it's not like this a recited prayer. It's one that the, the temple worker is giving. So the temple worker says a few words, and then everybody repeats him, remember? Yes, it's chanting. It's chanting the prayer. So he says, Heavenly Father, and then everyone's like, Heavenly Father. That's right. And then he's like. We repeat the prayer we repeat as a chant. prayer. But only those that are in the, the circle. circle. So yep. if you're outside and you're still at the seats, you're just Watching. Like watching or, and listening to this You're happen. supposed to be like bowing your head and probably right. closing your eyes yes. maybe because it's a prayer. But the women are still veiled that are in their seats. They've done away with that yes, recently. Yes, that's but true. that's that but was yeah. always, we always, the women had to veil their okay, faces. Okay, how did it feel when you had to veil your face? Did that feel icky to you? Uh, no, I just thought, oh, this is, it's just another weird thing to, that okay. I didn't to me, stand out. To me, it felt demeaning to me. Did it? Actually yeah. like putting us down I, just, I don't know. I felt bad for the men who had to wear those silly hats. So <gasps> the first I was time okay. you ever saw your husband in that hat, did you almost die oh my laughing? Gosh, my dad. <laughs> yes, my dad too. My dad looks goofy anyways. <laughs> like, what, what is the hat about? So I didn't, I felt bad for their hat situation. Oh, yes. I was okay with the veil. We looked okay. I was all right with the, the Oh was, my god! You know, the one part where we say, where we're all chanting, we raise our hands together and chant, oh God, hear, hear the, the words, words of my, my mouth. mouth. That's right. Still rings in what my ear. What the hell three does times. that even mean? So you say it three times, three times together, chanting while you're bringing your arms, you start with your arms up and, and bring, bring them, them down. down. Yep. And yep. we all do that in a chant. That was extremely weird to me. That is the cultiest thing of the entire thing, I think. It's bad. It's bad. Well, and there's other places within that um endowment session where they they say you're going to promise to do this and this and this now bow your head and, and say, say yes. yes and we all bow our heads and we all say yes at the same time yes okay so here's what i want to bring up something so there is a part at the beginning of the, the endowment where they say anybody who change who wants to change their mind who wants to get up and leave who does not want to make these covenants today you're welcome to leave the, right? right as soon as you sit down and yeah. everyone's seated they say that Yes. And they give you the opportunity to withdraw. Sure. The problem is <laughs> they're trying to pretend like they're letting you give your consent. Right. They're giving you an opportunity to leave. But you have no idea what you're agreeing to at that moment. What, when it's your first time through, you have no idea what they're going to ask you to covenant to. Uh-huh. 
And they never give you the opportunity to leave again. I mean, you no. can leave anytime, really. But once you're in it, you are... You're in it. You feel... Yeah. Yeah. So so what they need to do is be like, okay, here's all the things we're going to do today. Now, do you want to stay? <laughs> right. Here's the promises you're about to make. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And I probably still would have. I because know. Because it's just... It's true. Right? Yeah. But if you really want to talk about informed consent in the church, right. like this is one of those things where you're consenting, yes, but you have no you information have, you about what, what you're, you're consenting, consenting to. Yeah, until you're already in it. And then they say, you covenant to give your entire life, everything, even even down to l- dying yes. for the church. Like mm-hmm. you will literally give all your time, talents, mm-hmm. money, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what the list is, but it's long, It's right? everything. It's everything. It's everything. Yeah. And then, and then you covenant to live the law of chastity. Right. And then. Something about prayer. There's a, is there a prayer one? I don't know. Chastity. Know. Oh, um, to hearken to your husband <laughs> as your husband hearkens to the Lord. Yes. Yes. Now I remember. That means I get to obey mm-hmm. my husband and mm-hmm. the women all bowed their head and said, yes. Yes. I, that was another one that really bugged me. Now I think that if I understand right, that's been taken out too. I don't know. Or at least the wording's been changed somewhat. Somebody will have to let us Maybe. know. Maybe. I know they made some changes in 2005. And then I think again but in like 2012. when we went through in the 90s. Yes. 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 This is this is our experience. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and the thing is, there has been, let's see, I was going to pull up some notes because I, there has been so many changes. Well, there's like the, when my pa- parents would, well, no one talks about it, but. Yes. In my parents' time, you. You would slit your wrist and cut open your... Slit your throat. Slit your throat. Sorry. Yeah. Somehow you would slit something. Slit your throat, ear to ear, and you would make the motions Mm -hmm. from ear to ear. And then something about cutting open your stomach or Mm -hmm. for your your bowels bowels falling out. out. Yes. Like the verbiage, like Uh all those words. Mm -hmm. If you... You would do that before denying the truth of the gospel or something mm-hmm. to that extent, right? Yep. So they changed that somewhere in the early 90s before we... Yeah, I but think for it a was 1990. T- wasn't it like 30 years it oh. went with that? Oh, no. F- the whole time up until 1990. Okay, so we, so the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to read some of the changes. So um, the... there. Okay, so... Up until 1927, there was something they did called the Oath of Vengeance. Have you oh, ever heard wow. of this? No. So... Vengeance um, sounds very Christ-like. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> when I think of Jesus Christ, I think vengeance. <laughs> yep, exactly. So the temple patrons, you know, the people that were going through, were told to stand and raise their right arms to the square. And then they, and then they would, um, th- this is the thing they would say, you and each of you do solemnly promise and vow that you will pray and never cease to pray and never cease to importune high heaven to avenge the blood of the prophets on this nation. And that you will teach this to your children and your children's children until the third and fourth generations all bow your heads and say yes. Okay. So what this comes from is Brigham Young added this. Oh, Okay. After Joseph and Hiram were killed. Okay. So they swore an oath of vengeance on anyone who had had killed the prophets. Right. Or had had caused any harm to the church or whatever. Yeah. And just like you said, does this sound like what Christ mm-hmm. would want us to do? Um, there's no room for forgiveness. So, and, and there's actually many instances uh, in the church where... This oath of vengeance was basically acted out. And 
um, I'm talking about like the Mountain Meadows Massacre. Right. So the Mountain Meadows Massacre, you'll have to look it up because I'm not going to go into it all here. But but there was essentially 125 people were murdered in mm-hmm. cold blood, like literally bludgeoned to death. Premeditated. Like beheaded, like, like yes. all these horrible yes, yeah. things because they thought that they were avenging somebody's death. The, well, a prophet's death. A prophet's right? death. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Just, so it was in the name of God? Yes. Yes. So then it's okay. Right. Right. And yeah. what what the the quote was that I heard was that when this this group of people who were coming through Utah Territory, they uh, the leaders of the church said, do your duty. Right. Okay. And they knew exactly what, they that, knew what meant. that meant. They knew exactly mm-hmm. what that meant. Follow so, the prophet. Yep. Yep. And these were men, women, and children. And what they did is that they killed, yes, they killed the women and children first while the men watched. Like, it's, while they were, yeah, apprehended. And there, it's just beyond. So, so terrible. So, I was gonna, I had like a whole list of what the changes yeah, because, because the as the internet has taken, you know, shape and you mm-hmm. can find out more, so much information about what's going on in the temple. People yeah. are like, what? Yeah. So they've started to make changes, yeah. which is interesting yeah. to watch them make certain changes to God's temple ceremonies right. to please the people. To please the people. Exactly. Right. Yes. So because, you know, we said how um, the, the slitting of the throat and the bowels and all that. They ended that in 1990, and and it was a direct result of a a survey they put out in 1988 asking people about how they felt about the temple ceremony. Oh, interesting. We're we're doing surveys now. Yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) For temple work. Um, So in the beginning. (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. So in the very beginning, the endowment ceremony was eight hours long. Are you kidding me? Eight hours long. It was cut down to four-hour sessions in the mid-1900s, then to two and a half hours in about 1970, then one hour and 45 minutes in 1990, and that was when the blood oath, pantomiming, slitting of the throat thing, disemboweling oneself, and ripping out the heart. That was the other part we didn't mention. okay. Those were removed in 1990. I mean, and you physically, like, you acted it out. You acted out. You pantomime it. Well, and- before they had the temple movie that you watched, oh yeah, they would have the old t- people, the temple workers, <laughs> act it out. Yeah, that I mean, I've never seen it. Yeah, I have. And uh, Salt yeah. Lake Temple, Salt Lake I think, temple. still does it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Manti. I've never seen it, but yeah, it's I, very unique. Uh, I bet that would take a while. Yep. Oh, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. So, and they've um, had to change the temple movies a couple of times. You know, they've changed it. Yes. In fact, I think I heard they're coming out with a new one. Well, and they like the temple. The director of one of the movies was convicted of being what a child molester, mm-hmm. pedophile. Convicted. Child so they molester. had to take that one out. Where's the inspiration in that one, Church? And they didn't take it out immediately. No, it was years later. Yes. <laughs> well, was, they had to get a new one made. Yeah, it was when his victims really started being vocal. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking out. So, yeah. So as far as I know, those um, in 2005 is when they changed. So like your garments you wear under your shield. I think that's when they stopped veiling their faces. But maybe that wasn't until later. Yeah, I think that might maybe have been it was later. 2012. I haven't been following it. And so. they've changed the anointing to just be the head and stuff. So anyways, the fact that it has changed so much over time is so interesting. Because they can't claim that this was like... 
uh, some perfect revelation from God that, and, and that's the thing in the temple, they act like it's supposed to be done so very perfectly precisely. and precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, word for word. Mm-hmm. Yes. All the words are very dictated. So one of the things when I was looking up the history of the temple ceremony, the things that really um, stuck out to me were, um, and I'm sure you know this, like that Joseph came up, came up, I'm putting in air quotes with the temple ceremony Within, I think, seven or eight weeks of becoming a Freemason. Which is extremely interesting. Yes. Yes. Once you learn about Freemasons. Yes. So the church has no records or journal entries of revelations regarding temple ceremonies or covenants. Okay, that's interesting. I find that really interesting because, you know, the only other thing that they have no record of when it happened is when Joseph supposedly received the priesthood. Okay. Which gives you pause uh-huh. because he he made sure to write down everything else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And those seem like significant events that you would want to write those down. Those are pretty much the two most yeah. significant things in the entire church, mm-hmm. right? Our claim to priesthood authority. Yes. And our claim to the temple ceiling. You know, that that's mm-hmm. involved with the priesthood authority. But like none of that's that. That's what makes us stand out, right? Exactly. So, exactly. And the Freemasons, if you look up their... their Freemason information, their, their pamphlets, their documents back when Joseph Smith's time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were, they're wearing the same thing we wear in the temple. Yep. They're doing the same handshakes, like mm-hmm. positioning everything. Oh yeah. Is exactly the same. Yep. Yep. So here's a list of the things that are specific to masonry that Mormonism also shares. So the all seeing eye, the apron, the beehive, the square and compass, Emblem of the clasped hands, the five points of fellowship, the special garments applied to initiates, the garment markings, the special hand grips, the phrase holiness to the Lord, the new name given, the blood death oaths of secrecy with gestures and words describing specific penalties agreed to if secrets are revealed. Mormons going through the temple post-1990 may not be familiar with these. Um, Location or possession of the throne of the Holy of Holies. The star, sun, moon symbols, tabernacles, temples, and the entire Masonic temple ceremony is almost identical to the Yeah, Mormon he wasn't very creative. Ceremony. Well, now, do you know, what were the Freemasons? Were they a religion? Were they no. a secret organization? They were a secret organization. That's what I a thought. A brotherhood. A brotherhood. Was, and you had to, like, you, it, it was all secret what yes. was happening yes. within that. You had to be invited in. You couldn't right. just join. Okay. Right. That's what I wanted to and clarify. you had to go through a whole series of, I don't know, initiate, you know, initiatory yes. type stuff to get in. And you had to like pass tests and memorize things. And you had to qualify. And so then once you were brought into the brotherhood, you know, and you had to pay money. And it was this whole thing. It is not a religion whatsoever. There right. is no um, spiritual religious belief mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's a brotherhood. So, and the other thing that's interesting is um, the other Masons in the early church leadership, well, first of all, Joseph Smith Sr. was a Grand Master Mason. Hiram Smith, Oliver Cowdery, Brigham Young, Heber C. Kimball, John Taylor, Wilford Woodruff, Lorenzo Snow, and Newell Whitney. They were all Masons. They were all Masons. And part of the reason why Joseph was in such hot water was because 
the Freemasons found out that he was giving some of their secrets away, meaning sharing them in the temple, like gotcha. using them. Well, he was totally creating religion with them. <laughs> yes. Yep. He totally used that whole thing. The other thing that I learned as I was researching this is that the first temple ceremonies were conducted in the Nauvoo store. They didn't even have a temple. Oh, okay. So Just in the store. Yeah. Just, okay. just in the store. Well, isn't it interesting that the... The Lehi's dream, this has always stuck out to me. Mm. You're on the iron rod to the tree of life, and across the way is the great and <laughs> great spacious, spacious building. building with the people trying to take you away. And mm-hmm. whenever I see a temple mm-hmm. that costs $50 million plus to build, mm-hmm. it looks great and spacious to me. Mm-hmm. And inside, they don't sp- spare any expense. The, nope. the finest materials are used for these temples. Mm-hmm. It's custom. Everything is custom designed it's and made. Just, I don't. They they ship rugs from India oh yeah, that are stone. the most expensive chandeliers. A two hundred thousand dollars sham- yes, chandelier but, I mean, is it, like a totally normal thing. Yeah, and then they ask their members to come and clean it regularly for yes. free after hours. Yes, and um, all the workers in the temple are volunteers. Yes, they're no all giving no service hours. Paid. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's getting it's paid. It's very, it's very interesting. I just. It doesn't seem, if you're based on, if you're, Jesus Christ is in the name of your church. Mm-hmm. Jesus walked with the poor. He mm-hmm. lived in the meekest circumstances. He was born mm-hmm. in a stable. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, it just doesn't reconcile. The irony is so crazy to me. And I, I'm like, how do they not see? Mm-hmm. How can they, they are so blind or do they see it and they just don't care? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how you make that make sense. Yeah, I don't know either. Especially as we're building more and more and more and each of these temples is costing tens of millions of dollars. Uh-huh. And then you're maintaining them too. Uh-huh. It's not just a, a one-time cost, right? We're maintaining yep. these buildings, we're heating them, we're cooling them, we're yep. lighting them. It's just all of the yeah, the think, expense and what you could do with that kind of money. Oh my gosh. What would Jesus do with that kind of money? Right. I was listening to a podcast, um, God, it was last summer, and something just killed me. So I was listening to this girl who um, was a Native American. Um, I think they lived, or her, her, the reservation that her parents lived on was in Arizona. And they built a big and spacious temple, like very nearby the reservation. Was it L- an LDS temple? Yes. Yes. Gotcha. An okay. LDS temple was built right near this reservation, like literally where, you know, the people going home to the reservation every time would drive by this temple. Mm-hmm. And these people, her parents included, were members of the church, mm-hmm. Native American. First of all, they were told they were the Lamanites. Right. Which is a whole <laughs> Dark nother skin, thing. Which was a whole nother evil, thing. Bad. Yeah. And her parents did not even have running water. That's crazy. Like like the poorest people here, members mm-hmm. of the church driving by this absolutely enormous grand mm-hmm. building and they're paying their tithing towards It's it. like literally spitting on people. Yeah. It's like slapping them in the mm-hmm. face. Uh, they care way more about showing off their mm-hmm. wealth. Yes. And showing that they are, I think it's a it's a symbol of growth and power. Well, absolutely. It's a yeah. real estate development portfolio. It, <sighs> it is enormous. Mm-hmm. It's enormous. Yep. Good yep. for them. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, somebody told me about, uh, just like in the last couple of weeks, told me about their um, 
uh, I don't know, they have this, and I can't think of the name, dang it, I, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it was a name of a real estate firm that is owned by the church, mm-hmm. but it's under a different name. Sure. So that it, it's not called the church, but... Um, it seems kind of shady, but yeah. anyways. Oh, they, there's hundreds of these mm-hmm. corporations, right? So I went and looked on Utah Real Estate, and they had hundreds. I looked on tax records. Mm-hmm. I just looked up tax records. Mm-hmm. You could find it. I could not believe how much land they own. Mm-hmm. Like literally, like I, I could, I, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres in Washington County. Well, and thousands. Not, not just Utah though. They oh yeah, have, no. They, I mean Utah. Yeah, of course. Utah, of course. But they. But have most of it land was all over the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. They they own. Uh, they're the highest. What they own the most. Uh, land in Florida of any single entity. Even Scientology, I know. which is and, trying to take over. <laughs> yeah, and Scientology owns like all of Clearwater, Florida, right? I do. Um, yeah, so I was shocked when I looked this up because, I mean, in Washington County, Utah County, um, Salt Lake County, and Weber County, and maybe Davis County, I don't know, just all along. And then in Washington County, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plots of land. And like each, I mean, some of the plots are small, but some of them are hundreds of acres. Right. So, oh gosh, anyways, I just went off on a tangent. But the great and spacious buildings thing, it just feels like this giant slap in the face Mm -hmm. to people who are struggling. Absolutely. They aren't actually helping the Mm -hmm. poor or doing anything. Yeah, if it was really Jesus' church, he wouldn't be building these temples, a church on every corner. I mean, Utah's ridiculous for how many church buildings we have. Mm -hmm. And temples. And temples. The temples are ridiculous. They are ridiculous. They're getting so out of hand. Yeah. So, so many. So, um, the last thing that I was going to like share that I, that I looked up in my research is (laughs) there are multiple people who have come out, who have been, um, who have worked at the temple, you know, temple workers and worked for like their tech forum and things like this, who have, who have said that they use the same names over and over and over again. In the temple. I've seen this circulating. Yes. In different temples. Like they just mm-hmm. have packets that they send to the temple. Mm-hmm. They keep doing the same names over and over and over. Then they mm-hmm. send that packet to the next temple. Yep. They do the same names over and over and over. Yep. To keep them busy. busy. It's all about busy work. Yeah. It's all about, um, they want you to think that there's tons and tons and tons of names to do. Right. There's so, so there much was this, work to do. Yeah. There was this tech forum on the church where like people go in and ask questions about their family search and stuff like that. And this one lady had gotten on and she's like, all of my, all of these ancestors I, that I have were literally born in the covenant and it shows their temple work has been done over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like they'd been. Well, that's the thing is there's record of it. Yeah. Yeah, even apparently, and I, I don't, I don't get on Family Search. I don't know how to use it. I'm not big in that. But this, this same forum talked about how Joseph Smith and Emma Smith had had their temple work done over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Same with, um, like all the founding fathers. Who, yeah. you know, there's this big story about Wilford Woodruff having the founding fathers coming to him saying, "You need to do our temple work." Guess what? It had already been done at that time. Yeah. And it's been done hundreds of times. It's just like, a ploy to keep people coming to the temple, keep them yeah. busy, keep them occupied, yeah. keep them in. Yeah. And my mom works in the temple and I keep wanting to ask her about this. Mm-hmm. But I know I'm not really a safe person and I'm not sure that she would tell me if right. I asked her. But 
this temple worker that I that I got from off of his blog, he said that they would do the temple names three days in a row and then they would send them to the next temple and that temple would do the same names three days in a row and then they'd send it to and the next temple. Three days in a row because you're not going to go three days in a row. So exactly. you're not going to. So nobody knows except the temple workers that these names are being reused. And when this guy, this guy said when he was brand new in the temple and realized they were doing this, he thought, oh, surely this is a mistake. They're. This is a mistake. They're not meaning to do this. And then somebody explained to him like, oh, they just want to make sure that it's actually done correctly or some. Of course, there's like some that. justification yeah. for why we do it. I mean, basically, the temple is the ultimate goal, right? Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the only way you can live with your family forever. Yeah. And it's all bullshit. Well, and if you think about it, the temple is the number one reason that the church makes money. Because if the church did not require tithing in order to get in the temple Mm -hmm. people wouldn't pay their tithing right they think that they have to pay their tithing in order to get into the temple because they believe that the temple will bring them salvation right right? so so the more temples they build i think they think that the more money they'll get right or that you know people will be they can keep the people in yeah and give them lots of busy work to do so that they don't have time to figure out that it's all a scam yeah there's Um, just nothing special about the temple no. It's a huge waste of money and, and resources time. and time. It's Freemasonry dressed up. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing. It's, and somehow it's, it's supposed a, to be super spiritual. And Freemasonry is the secret, was a secret club from 1800s. Yeah. I mean, what is happening? Secret combinations? That yes! Like the Gaddy Ant Thank you. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even talk about that in the freaking Book of mm-hmm. Mormon. Yeah. Like, how is how is the temple not secret combinations? But they always spend it. It's not secret. It's sacred. sacred. <laughs> yeah. Right? They have, I mean, it's brilliant. They yes. have an answer for everything, justification for everything. Mm-hmm. And you hear it week after week after week. So if you're mm-hmm. growing up in the church, oh yeah, the temple is the ultimate goal. I love to see the temple. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the primary songs. I mean, you don't have a shot. And if, if you're not worthy to go to the temple, good luck. Yep. You've lost everything. You're yep. not you're not gonna live You're an embarrassment forever. to your family. Yeah, shame. Shame. I mean, that's a it's very It's the guilt, fear, and shame. Mm-hmm. It's just that cycle that they they yep. go through. And they dress it up in a in a pretty building. In a pretty little yeah. A great and spacious a building. A great and spacious building <laughs> with a green apron. Now, here's the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the temple garment is I was told that it would be a shield and a protection to me, right? Yes. And so tell me if you felt this or not, but I mean, I 100% felt that if I did not wear my garments, I would die in a fiery crash. Yeah, you were protected. As long as. If you were wearing them. Mm -hmm. And wearing them appropriately. And wearing them correctly. You you couldn't hike them up so that they didn't show under your shorts. Don't try to tuck, like, Mm -mm. don't try to tuck them in to make them fit the latest fashion. No. Yeah, you had to be wearing them correctly. I remember having so much fear around that. That's what made me think of it is when you brought up the fear and shame. I remember having so much fear that, like, if we went to a swimming pool to go swimming, I would not want to change into my bathing suit before we went. I would want to because the driving part. Yes, the I would want to is wear dangerous. my garment. Be protected on the drive. <laughs> on the drive to the pool, and then I would change once we got to the pool. Oh my god! It's so dumb. It is well, but it. I get it. I get it. I. Yeah. I was right there with you. Like I wouldn't wear shorts, like even to the knee length, because I was always afraid my garments would show, and that Hang was out. disrespectful. Oh yeah. So I always wore the longer capri cuts during summer. 
I mean, so done. So How hot is it <laughs> in the middle of summer wearing fucking three layers? You've got you have garments, to have your garments, bra, shirt yes. over it, and, and the shirt can't be a tank top. It has right, to cover your garments. It's just... <gasps> The last two summers have been glorious. I mean, the shorter the shorts. I don't care how old I am. Give me all the short shorts. You just wear the tank tops. Give me tops. all the tank tops. You don't even have to wear a bra. Just oh my gosh! <laughs> and who's wearing a bra anymore with COVID? Like who's even? Wear- I haven't worn a bra in three years. I'm all about shapewear now. I love a, a nice tank. See, that still feels hot to me. Oh no! I mean, you got to get the right kind. Yeah, you got to experiment. A little yeah, bit. yeah. But yeah, yeah, being able to take those off and never put them back on again. And I, I was- did it. I've told you. I've done it. I did it in yeah. Hawaii. It was. It was glorious. Yeah. Okay. So when you took off your garments, because I, I there's such a mental thing here, yes. right? Did you, was that like, had you, sorry, I'm trying to think how to word this. So were you able to take off your garments because you knew it was all bullshit at that point? Okay. Okay. So then you could take them off and not feel any guilt or yeah, I fear didn't, about it. I didn't. I felt fear that someone's going to notice I'm not wearing my garments. Ah, uh, yes. And yes. That was the only fear I felt. But you knew it was bullshit. But I knew it was bullshit. Yeah. And that's how I was too. I did not take off my garments until I knew for sure that they literally held no meaning whatsoever. Right. right? It's kind of like the last thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the last thing for me. Whereas like my sister, she took off her garments because she didn't feel worthy to wear them because of whatever choices she was making in her life. She wasn't, you know, actively going to church and paying her tithing. So she quit wearing them. And she felt a lot of guilt and shame about that, right? Because Mm -hmm. she still thought the church was true. Right. She just knew that she wasn't worthy to wear her garments. Oh, my gosh. Right? So there's a different mental game there, right? Well, like, yes, absolutely. And still, I'd worn them for 20 years. Yeah. So taking them off was still, there was still a little part of me going, when nothing bad happens. (laughs) I know. Oh, yeah. And I still have all my garments. (gasps) You do? I have them in a bag up in my closet. I still have my temple clothes. Not because I'm really holding on to, I don't know why I haven't. I don't know why I haven't. I'm not sure what to do I could just go and throw them in the garbage. They don't hold any meaning. I don't, I think it's just, I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. I literally just one day, and I had the same thing, I just put them all in a garbage bag and took him out to the garbage can. I mean, can. do you remember how you used to have to dispose of garments? Oh, yeah. You have to cut the symbols off yeah. and, yep. and I did burn the symbols. Oh, I did that. I, I did Well, it. no, I did that earlier. Oh, but, but after when you, I when stopped it was your believing. Time. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah. After yes. I stopped believing, I was just like, maybe this is Maybe this is my wake-up call to just go and throw them away. Yeah. You're just taking it's up space. It's kind of liberating. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need them for anything. I don't need them. I saw, where did I see? I don't know. Somewhere I saw somebody posted a picture. They were like, at a savers in like another state, not in Utah, and they found a garment top like hanging on their shelves for sale. Oh wow! I think that's so funny. What we if you donated sell them? them. Go, oh, donate yes, go them. Go take them to, to the, the DI. <laughs> but the temple clothes, I almost want to hold on as like a relic, as like a collectible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, live what? to tell. That would be really I interesting because you wonder how much they've changed or would change yeah. over the years. I don't know. I mean, it's the dr- it's the slip. It's the dress, it's the white socks, the slippers, the, the, the what's the, robe? the robe is that, that goes over and your then shoulder the sash. and the sash and then the apron mm-hmm. and the hat and or the, the veil. veil. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole it's thing. It's a whole thing. <laughs> we should dress it for Halloween. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I know I wouldn't fit my dress though. Oh, that would but be would hilarious. Be yeah. And the dresses from neck 
to oh, and I'm petite, yes. so of course there is it's not draggy. one inch of skin showing. No. It is down to your wrists, yes, down to your ankles, up high on your neck. Mm-hmm. My, I, I think my dress would still fit because it was basically just a giant potato sack. Yeah. There was nothing form fitting or yeah. anything about my a lot actual temple dress. Yeah. yeah, it was it was hideous. I think I remember you Mine's having pretty. a really cute temple dress. I got a cute one with like lace. And yeah, a and I was like really jealous. Deep I was pockets. like, look how pretty. Yeah, it was nice. Nope. <laughs> so I, I almost want to hold on to that as just like a collectible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why I'm hanging on to like my scriptures and yes. my patriarchal blessing. Yes, I have those things because, like, I don't know. There's just something a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's not even a sentimental. Yes, thing. it's not. It's, I don't know, like you, I don't that you live through this, and here's proof that you live yeah, through it. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you should say those. I, I actually don't know if I've saved like my the envelope full of stuff. Yeah, I, I still have it all in my. I suitcase. might still have mine. I know I threw out all my garments, but I don't know about the other stuff. I should go check. I don't know why I'm holding on to the garments. It's just... Um, I I have a friend whose uh, <laughs> whose wife was while they were fully in the church was like s- secretly drinking like oh, okay. you know yeah. because that's what we that's do what, that's, that's how we cope do. with life yeah. right well he found in her temple bag <laughs> bottles of wine <laughs> among her temple stuff because she didn't think he'd ever look in there right isn't that hilarious a good hiding I died spot. laughing he sent me a picture of it oh it I just died laughing that's a great it's hiding the funniest spot. thing ever it's like oh. that's so perfect because you like you see the bottles of wine and then you're like wait there's the green apron and the, like it's among her <laughs> temple stuff. It's it's so it's great. Perfect. That's the perfect hiding place, right? And my my poor temple suitcase is covered in dust. Like, but and I don't have a. Suitcase. But it's a relic. It's it's a, a bag. It's something I lived through. Yes. Yeah. Like, so I these think are you should experiences. Keep it. I think you should keep it. Put it in my hope chest. Yeah. Remember hope chest. You can show it to your grandkids one day. Right. Well, here's the thing. If you ever have, you know, kids wanting to get back into the church, you can show it to them and go, this is what you have to look let forward me tell to. You, let, me let me tell, tell you, you a few things. <laughs> let me, let's do a fashion show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you ready to wear this? I mean, I've seen some of the TikToks oh. where people put them on and dance. Oh, I know. And it's, it's just hilarious. Like, it's like, shocking and funny and yeah yeah the temple traumatized us very brave yes i mean the temple is meant to control you keep you in it's traumatic absolutely some people have really horrible experiences i was Mm -hmm. just like trying hoping that would click someday yes and that's the other thing like i remember the first time going through saying this is not the religion I right? thought I was a part of. It looks nothing like your Sunday services. Yes, nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. and nothing you and nothing that you learn in church would prepare you for that no, level. Because they don't of teach you about Freemasons. Yeah, no. In the church or doing right work for the dead, right. like the saying the things and chanting yeah. and the secret handshakes and the secret names yeah. and. Which is why I think I never connected with the temple. But I mm-hmm. had a I had a testimony, a very strong testimony. Yes. And I would go to church and I would feel the spirit. And I felt all the sure. wonderful teachings. But the temple was yeah. like foreign. Nothing. It was so bizarre. Mm-hmm. So weird. And I remember thinking when I went into the celestial room and I saw my family there, I was just like, I'm sure I looked like a deer in the headlights. But aren't you, aren't you looking to connect with someone? Yes. Like, is there anyone else? Am I the only one? Yes. That's what I was doing. Totally. And I looked at my sister and she just had like this nervous smile on her face like, <laughs> Yeah, this is it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember thinking, okay, well, she's here. So this must be okay. Right. 
But what I learned later is that she was shitting bricks too. Yeah. But she'd been through before. But like, she didn't know what the hell was happening and thought it was just as weird as I thought it yeah. was, well, you know. before, right before I went through, probably like, as we were driving to the temple, my mom said, it's gonna, it's different. Like, just stick with it. Like, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. It's uh-huh. like, it's a little I think weird. It's different. Too. So, and it's when it okay. was different and it was weird, I was like, okay, yeah, this is different. This is weird. <laughs> and then, and then instead of thinking that the church has lost its mind, you think, I just don't understand. Right. I, if, if I do more, read the scriptures, pray more. If do I try all the things, harder. Yes. If I try harder, do all the things. Yes. This is going to click. Yep. This is going to make sense. It's always me. us. It's not the church. Right. It's wrong or weird or right. dumb or stupid. Yeah. It's us. Yeah. Because if if we don't get the symbolism, that's it's just like, oh, there's just so much symbolism. And people like, would say, what, I get something this? different out of it every time. I'm like, no, I get the don't. same anxiety every time. <laughs> every time is the same. I know. And I, I would try so over. hard. Just think deep. Just think deep thoughts. Like, what does this mean? And I might, you know, I have family, my sisters and brother. I mean, they still go every week. They love the temple. Like my one sister, her kids are in school. So she goes <gasps> during the day with friends oh, every no. week. Like, oh. See, and I remember thinking, I'm going to go to the temple when all my kids are in school. Well, I remember felt guilty because I didn't go enough. And I didn't ever want to go to the temple, right. but I felt like I should. You should. It's an yeah. obligation. Mm-hmm. One and more I felt like if I keep going, I'll feel something. Right. <gasps> it's it's this whole thing of like brainwashing yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like we try so hard to like, I don't know. Well, we want to fit in fit, with this, fit that. this yeah. group. This, all the members, we want to fit in. Yeah. We want to be a part of it. Yeah. That's just a human desire. It's such a painful thing. If I could, okay, if you could tell somebody now, you know, who hasn't been to the temple, would you tell them the truth? If they asked me, I absolutely would. Yeah. Be like, run like your hair's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> run away. Right? Yeah. I mean, I... I can't help but feel really sorry for, you know, the the kids in my ward who are going on missions. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel pity mm-hmm. for them. I yeah. feel sorry for them. Because yeah. it's not going to be what the church has told them it's going to be. It's not going to be the best two years of your life. It's not going to be what you think it's going to, what they've told you it's going to be this whole time. Mm-hmm. And And I think there are people in the church who genuinely feel happy. And I think I genuinely yeah. felt happy, but just looking back now, it just makes me cringe and go, oh. I felt, I mean, I, I just felt like if I fake it enough, yeah, it's all going to work out. And yeah. that was incredibly draining. Yes. And incredibly. Yeah. It just is no way to live. Painful. I was pretending to be someone else. Yeah. And so it's so nice to shed that and just be myself. Totally. And, and you can't do that while you're. Doing secret handshakes and chanting in the prayer circle. Uh, let's just like, yeah, yeah. It's it, how does I yeah. just don't know. How does that make sense? I don't know. I I really do not know. But one of the things, and we're gonna our next episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about how um, the church is a little bit culty, mm-hmm. and and where that falls in. Because I think the 
the way the temple works is to, you know, it's like the indoctrination has to set in really good. I know of people who've gone to the temple and literally said like, what the fuck is this? I'm never, I'm never going, going back. back. Yes. I know someone like that. Yeah. And, and then, and then there's people who, you know, like, I think both of us like felt really weird about it, yeah, the majority. but just said, okay, we just don't understand and right. we'll keep going and we'll keep trying. And then there's people who really love it. And, and I think maybe it depends on your level of indoctrination or. Yeah. I don't know. Or your personality. What, yeah. Your personality. Yeah. Yeah. So we are going to talk a little bit more about that in our next episode, but I think, I think, do you have anything else you want to share about the temple? No. I think we're pretty much. Yeah. We, yeah, we got a lot. We pretty there. much said it all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, don't go, don't do it. Run like your hair Run. is on fire. And if, if when you were in the church, you never had to go to the temple, just count it as a blessing that you yes. never went because you made it out. You didn't miss anything. I mean, maybe it's a little bit entertaining later to talk I about it, but I don't I know. I think it's, it's a little traumatizing too. So yeah. no, nothing good. Nothing good came out of the temple for me. But anyways, I do want to say if you are enjoying our content if you like listening to this series, and in fact, we have gotten so much awesome, amazing feedback, positive comments, feedback yeah. from people, people messaging us and commenting, just really nice. Yeah. Overall, we've had such good feedback. But if you are liking this series and um, you want us to keep making content, go to dissidentdaughters.org and in the menu bar, there's an option to donate. And you can sign up for a recurring donation of like $5 a month. It's mm-hmm. so easy. I mean, you can do a one-time donation too. But if you set up a recurring donation of $5 a month, it will just automatically, you know, come yeah, you, out. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. Right. And you can also donate at mormondiscussionpodcast.org. So Bill Real is just so fantastic and amazing. And he has put our podcast under his umbrella of Mormon Discussion Podcast. And um, you can also, you can find us there at his website, or you can go straight to dissidentdaughters.org. You can donate to, if you go to Mormon Discussion podcast and you donate, you, in the donate bar, you can pick which uh, podcast you want to donate to. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's all separated there, but um, I'm so grateful to Bill for, you know, he wants to hear more women's voices speaking about the church and so we're just part of that. We want, we've wanted to do this for a long time and he kind of made it possible and yes, I don't know us. that we would have been able to do it without him. I know. Right. Yeah. So that's been a great platform for us to start out with. And if you enjoy our content, please, please donate. Yeah. Like it's weird to kind of ask for donations, but we, both of us have full-time jobs outside of this right. <laughs> and we have, we're still raising our kids and this is just a little piece of our week every week that we get to spend some time doing this and I, we try to provide some good content. Hopefully it's entertaining a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we're just really dumb. Just um, you're not alone kind of fun. thing. If you're if you're in the space where we are, you're not alone. Like yes. this is, and this where is we crazy were like a year ago. Yes. It gets better. Yes. Just hang on. Yes. I think for me, a year or two ago, oh. I really needed to hear other people. Yes, I was searching. And when I when I heard other people's stories that sounded like mine, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, it just filled my heart with hope. Right. Like, oh, okay, I am I'm not, not the alone. only person that's yes. feeling this. So really, that's the whole reason why we do this, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. and we're never going to get rich off this. We're not expecting, you know, to make a bunch of money. But it is nice to get, you know, to get some feedback and to get paid for the work sure. here. So, yeah. so anyways, we will end it, end with that. And until next time, until next time, we can't wait to talk to you some more. So see you next time. Bye.